welcome back to another conversation to create the future. And my name is Arjan Visser, and today I talk chat with Mark Appleyard, and uh, really happy to to run this season. Actually, it's season two, episode twenty nine. Wow, we're going to be on the other side of episode thirty, and gives us some food over Christmas to think how to organize it next year. But Very thank cool. you, Mark, for being available again. Of course, my friend, always good to always uh, good. be uh, connected and to have some great conversations from Netherlands to the Carolinas. It Absolutely. It's uh, always Absolutely. I don't have my, my fancy screens or things or stuff behind me today or even fancy microphone because we have been doing a recording project. So not that I can show you here, but if I was to flip the screen over, you'd see a, a keyboard sitting across their piano keyboard and... Uh, we've been doing some work for a friend here in Charlotte. So uh, we're all downstairs in the downstairs yeah. and not in the studio. So it will be a raw discussion in the raw setting. Well, and these fingers feel a little cramped. They haven't played for a long time, but they're getting there. I'm absolutely sure it sounds much better than I give it a try. <laughs> but like we, um, we have been talking the last couple of months about RISK mm. and we've been talking both directions and we had some people connecting through us, watching us live replays or just the podcasts. I just invite you, give your feedback, give your input, give your perspective, share it and, uh, and join the conversation to create the future. Amen. And we have been talking about the R of recognizing the emerging future. We've been talking about the I of identifying the, the scope of change. Mm -hmm. So logically, we will talk about the S today. Yes. To strategize mm -hmm. and to That's create right. a strategy to, to get the rubber on the road. Exactly. Because without a strategy, then uh, you're not going to go anywhere. It's um, A friend of mine used to put it this way, mate. He'd say... There are so many leaders in the world who are going to set the world on fire but never strike a match. And, uh, and, and it's just it's such a simple way of saying no strategy, no action. Um, lots of talk, lots of chatter, lots of fine ideas. Um, but, but now show me, put the rubber on the road. And that's where the yes, I think, is, is arguably the most important part um, of this whole thing because you have to have a strategy and step into it. Uh, there comes that point. And... and by that example, it sounds so obvious that when you have a plan but not a strategy, mm. you will not have something at the end operational and running. Right. And at the other hand, if we look around businesses, um, church communities, non-profit organizations, mm. this is where they actually end. They don't strike the match. That's right. And there is so much confusion out there about strategy um, by the wrong explanation of that famous statement of Peter Drucker, hmm. like uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And that's explained as it's all about culture. Yeah. Oh, then you missed the point. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's all about strategy. Right. But if your culture is not healthy, even your strategy will not save you to create the future because yeah. it will be 
just eaten by your unhealthy or unfit culture. Right. They are. They're both, they're both dependent. They're not mutually exclusive. They're both dependent upon each other. Um, and, yeah, I think healthy strategy emerges out of healthy culture. Um, not the other way around. I think culture is, is who you are. It's what you carry. It's, it's the atmosphere that's been produced. Um, now together, you know, using other, other well-known leadership metaphors, now we're on the bus. <laughs> Who's sitting where and how are we getting from point A to point B? Can we define point B? Uh, but I, I, I've asked this question of myself a lot um, because there's been many times I have taken extreme RISK risk um, and there have been times where I haven't when I could have. And I sit there and I go, what was different about when I did versus when I elected to not? Um, there were no external forces. I, I, it was just the same me making one decision versus not making another decision. And, and honestly, as I've held that mirror up to my own heart, mate, it's fear. Um, it's fear of identity. Is it? Because when we, when we, you know, strategize, a, I love the language you use, a preferred future, uh, when we strategize into that preferred future, there is, the biggest price tag of all is not a monetary one. The biggest price tag of all is a, is a, a, a deeper, greater, clearer revelation of our identity. And sometimes that price tag feels too great to pay. Um, it's secure feeling less than with my problems that I can safely manage rather than step into this new realm and be something else um, that's got a whole lot of unknown problems. Who am I in that space? And, and so for me, the things that I've found that what's, what's prevented me sometimes has been the fear, a fear of allowing a, myself to accept a greater um, uh, revelation of who I am. But the Lord put it to me this way one day. He said, I, I, it's totally fresh in my mind because I was sharing this story last night. He invited me to pray or to ask this. And that was, Lord, what do you say that I need? And I remember my response immediately was, well, Lord, I always, always ask that. What do you say that I need? He goes, no, you don't. He said, you come to me with your needs, which I invite you to. That's a good thing to do. But he said, you've never prayed, Lord, what do you say that I need? And, and I remember the weight of that moment. It will never leave me. Because I realized what, what, I, what was happening was there were some things that I thought I needed that he would declare I don't, but he was the more dangerous thing. There were things that he might say I do need that I've never given myself permission to say yes to. That's an identity issue. And, yes. and so, so yeah. when I look at that, the, the, the strategy, the step into the activation um, oftentimes the biggest chasm to get over is not a resource one, not a personnel one, not an ideas one. It's a fear one, an identity one. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it, that's an interesting perspective because when you say um, it's so easy not to, to step in, because you could also say the S is about strategy, but strategy is all about stepping in mm -hmm. um, and, and activation. Um, but it's also like knowing what the actions are Right, <laughs> and so we we tend to talk about risk, taking risk. Um, I believe most of us um, should shift from taking risk to carrying risk. Mm. So that makes that right. uh, means that you support others to take risk. Mm. But right not taking risk actually happens around the S in R I S K. Mm -hmm. I believe everyone recognizes the emerging future <laughs> right. it starts with that you just think of someone 
and you just meet that person around the corner or your phone rings, that person calls you. That's you because you sense the future. Mm-hmm. We all, if you are really honest and look into the mirror, can identify what needs to grow and what needs to go. Mm. But as long as we don't take the S, it was still safe. It was still in our head, in our speech, mm-hmm. but not in our acts, not in our behavior. Right. So this is really where it tilts from logical to yeah. physical. Yeah. And it's still saying like your strategy is, is the actions you define, the steps. And you said fear. Mm-hmm. Actually, I believe that, and that's a very nice paraphrase, and I, I, I've used it many times over in, in this series of um, Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast. That, and the new one I, I, I heard is like Faith Eats Data for Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that is like you can wait as long as you've got proof about that it will work what you want to achieve. Which you, but it means you can wait forever because the future is about creating the new things mm-hmm. and there is no there is data mm-hmm. but you have no metric to measure it right so faith eats the data because mm-hmm. the data will show it's impossible mm-hmm. but when your faith which I believe kicks out your fear mm-hmm. yeah then with your self-discipline you will actually create strategies Mm -hmm. define new activities actions to actually start moving forward i love it and 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 it ties again everything leads to identity so we look at faith and and you're exactly right faith faith is the resource of heaven it's the currency of heaven here it is right there it's you know we've got faith now this this nebulous but yet you know very tangible thing in some ways because we know it when we've got it we know it when we haven't so it's tangible um so so faith is not something we manufacture we know it's a gift from god it's uh, romans tells us about that i can't just go down the store and buy a container of faith because gosh it would be great if we could and work that way um so we look at faith, you go, how do I get more of it? So here's here's the S and I've got to step into it and I don't feel like I have the faith to step into that. And, and that's not an unrealistic, you know, discovery to make. Um, some people have faith for things even now that I don't have faith for, but I have faith for things that others don't have faith for. So how do I get more of it so that I can have faith for things? Well, well faith is, is something that is only um, uh, not attainable. Faith is something that is held by belief. So I can't have more faith than I have belief because belief is my container for faith. It holds my faith together. Um, and, and I can never have more faith than I can have belief. But belief in what? Belief in who? Belief in Jesus, which is also belief in who I am. Well, then, okay, so if faith isn't the issue, faith is a byproduct, is a byproduct of my size of belief, the next question is, how do I believe more? <laughs> that's, that's probably another great question. And actually, no? that's not a hard question to answer. No, it's because not. that goes back to the R mm-hmm. of recognizing the emerging future. Because everyone that thinks that he or she is human knows that faith comes by seeing. Right. Seeing, seeing it, or actually belief, seeing is believing. 
Yes. And by but, recognizing it, it's actually, it's the seeing. You do, can do that with the eyes of your heart. You can, because right. it's the future. So yeah. by seeing it and using your imagination, and I like give yourself permission to create an image out of it, a picture, yeah. use your imagination, yeah. you, your belief increases. Right. And then during the identifying what needs to happen, you need to verbalize it. Mm -hmm. Because faith right. comes by hearing. That's right. It's got to be spoken aloud, doesn't it? It's got to be able if to you start to speak about what you see, then faith is increased and yep. connected to that level of belief based on what you saw. Exactly right. So when, when we're looking then at a, at, a, at a spiritual thing, when we look at the recognizing of the emerging future, the question we need to ask is, Jesus, where are you in this? Because if we see Jesus in this, now our belief in him increases. Now we've got the identity thing squared away. Romans 8, 16 says, when our spirit joins with our spirit, when God's spirit joins with our spirit, it affirms that we are God's children. So there's the identity part, comes with the spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. The spirit leads us into all truth. Jesus calls himself truth. So where does the spirit lead us? Leads us into Jesus. Here's the recognition that change is happening. Jesus, where are you in the change? We have an encounter with Jesus. Our belief increases. Now we've got more faith we can step into. So, so these pieces are exactly that. They're all interconnected. And, yeah. and, and often we look at one thing in isolation and go, well, I could never do that. Well, you're yeah. right. You never could because it's all the parts working together. Well, it, it's, it's believing or not believing. Um, we all know that we all use the expression, this feels like walking on water. Hmm. Well, that's exactly what RISK is. It's walking on water, not as a fool, but actually recognizing, identifying, and then strategizing. But what you say, Mark, triggers for me the thought, before I start to strategize, I need to double check if I'm looking at it from the right angle from the right perspective good very good and when i think of this the story in the bible of walking on water mm -hmm. there are so many explanations but the one thing that stands out for me is that peter jumped out of the boat because he wanted to see it from the perspective of jesus mm -hmm. he wanted to be where jesus was in the story yeah, and see it, and he ignored that he had to walk on water. Mm -hmm. So he got his perspective right to see the situation from what was Jesus saying, and that actually connects to the story, the personal story you gave when you said that the Lord invited you. That was the word you used mm -hmm. to ask Him what He thinks you need. Yeah. Well, actually, that's the same thing. The mm -hmm. Lord invites you to. To look at from his side of the story yes. so see it and i think that puts mm -hmm. that faith of yeah. identifying and verbalizing it connected to the belief of recognizing and seeing it mm -hmm. into now it's the right angle yeah because there's and always more to see there's always more to see uh, this this cup is a, is a beautiful example of that so this is a cup Gosh, travel cup, Yeti, uh, they're, they're good cups. Everyone you know, loves Yeti. It's great. You sure it's a cup? It well, looks like you see some things on the chimney. Uh, yeah, well, it does, doesn't it? Well, travel mug to be. Okay, to be, okay. Gosh, a travel mug, okay. 
Now, you can look at this and go, well, that's a travel mug, but there's more to this than just a travel mug. Because if you came around to my side, you would see this. And when I see this, which is Waxhaw Insurance Agency, big shout out to Brett Diller. Um, I, I remember a conversation I had with a dear friend named Brett Diller who said, I've got a gift for you because you want to say thank you for your business. Uh, and, and when I pick up this travel mug and I look at it, I'm remembering a story. Everybody sees a travel mug. But me, depending on the perspective I've got, if I come around, there's always more to see. Um, there's a, there's, in this case, there's a story to see. Yes, there's a future, but a future without God involved is like just seeing a travel mug without the story. For me, the, the, the mug is, there's a, there's a dozen cups I could get out of that cupboard every day. But I always go for this one because it just reminds me fondly of the story. And I pick it up and I drink and you've seen me with it probably a hundred times or more. Um, and Julie has to scrub it out again because it gets all grimy because of the coffee buildup and residue and everything. But I'm not getting rid of this travel mug because it's got a story attached to it. And that's yes. what the invitation is by God into, into the preferred future, into this, this thing that we've recognized, that we've identified, that now we strategize. It's a vehicle to intimacy um, with him. He's inviting us deeper into the story. Um, it's, yeah, I, I had a, a fellow that I was connected with for a while. And the Lord had, um, well, let's just say this. He had been given at a very cheap price, an extremely large amount of, of amazing real estate. This wasn't just a block of dirt. This was prime real estate. And he wanted to meet me for breakfast. I'd never met the man before. and We had breakfast. And, and he, was, uh, he was quite a matter-of-fact person. He was a business guy, he was very successful in business. And uh, anyway, so we've gone to breakfast, and I'm meeting him for the first time, having a conversation. He's telling me, um, about himself. I said, what do, you, what, what do we want to get together? I'm glad we are. He goes, well, I've got this block of land. And he said, honestly, um, I don't know what, what to do with it. And I, I don't even know why I've got it. And he's got all these ideas and this thing, he's trying to, to spitball and go, why, you know, why do you think? And I just sat there and smiled. I said, I know exactly why you've got it. He goes, why is that? I said, well, I want to ask you some questions. I said, I'm going to be direct because you're very direct. I said, I'm going to be direct. Are you the smartest man in this city? He goes, no. I said, okay, the job that you got, you're really good at it. Are there better people even in this city that could do it? He goes, oh, yeah, I guess so. I said, okay, so you're not the smartest. You're not even the best at it. I said, that's interesting. I said, so that's a curious thing to think. Why would you get this block of land? If, if it had to do with how smart you were and how skilled you were in your, in your field of expertise, then God would have given that to someone else. Why did he give it to you? He goes, I've got no idea. I said, I know the answer. He goes, well, I'm interested. Why did I get it? I said, because he knows this is the perfect vehicle to take you to deeper places of intimacy with him. As you explore why you've got it and you, you build the amazing things you're going to build on to impact this city. I said, that's the purpose. Find him in the, in the middle of, the, of, this, of this deal. Um, and now you've got the true meaning of it. And, and I think that's what we're talking about here as we strategize. Who are you looking for in the strategy? Look for Jesus because it's the perfect thing that he's given you to take you to deeper places of intimacy. Yeah, and, and the other thing you mentioned, like the vehicle. Uh, and, and I remember I, when I just started my first business, one of my business partners, I think we were a few months in, he asked me, he said, for what price would you sell the business? And I remember that I thought, what a weird question. We, even have, we haven't created anything substantial yet right and and i've 
and and my primary reaction was actually for for, for never like <laughs> whatever i want to pay i'm not going to sell this this is mine and 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 then i forgot that whole story and um now years ahead uh, like one of the participants in in the masterminds we run he um he's, a, he's an, an exit strategy uh, consultant mm. advisor and he said one of the things that business owners when they want to sell the business find hard is not only why to sell it but also to disconnect from it so they keep something alive that is actually no longer alive or should have been handed on to the next one to take to the next level mm -hmm. so talking with him offline we came to this, this this simple statement like actually like can you see from the start your business or your occupation or your busyness as the vehicle to mm -hmm. get into the future mm -hmm. to get to to your future identity mm -hmm. we love to talk nowadays about who are you Mm -hmm. And most people answer by what they do. Mm -hmm. But then we say, no, it's not what you do that defines who you are. It's not even what you feel mm -hmm. or what you think that defines who you are. I know that's not, not really woke. Um, but that is, but it's not about even who I am. Mm -hmm. It's it's who I can become. Mm -hmm. What's my next version? And I need my business. I need my occupation to get me there. Right. So back to strategy, I need to strategize how to upgrade, change, mm -hmm. move my vehicle. Yeah. To get to what you say for more, more, more towards where Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And I would add to that to also become more like him, which actually translated in other language means like find out your next version mm -hmm. there's so much coaching out there to become the best version of yourself and i would say skip that coaching because one day you will find out that you are the perfect version of yourself but it's time to leave and go to the next level <laughs> that's where 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 one of the most common personal crises is the quarter life or the midlife crisis yeah. They are not a crisis. Mm -hmm. They are an invitation to the next stage of your journey. Right. And they become a crisis when yeah. you want to become, want to stay the best version of yourself. Yeah. No, it's an invitation right. to become the most incompetent version of the next version. That's right. And start learning and growing and go be prepared for bigger things. And the beautiful thing with the way the Lord has laid out the, the span of life. I'm a competent father. I'm now an incompetent grandfather. <laughs> so I'm learning what does it mean to be a grandfather? Well, that's a message of hope. It is exactly I right. Can I can become a competent father. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. You can. Only in preparation to become an incompetent grandfather. <laughs> yeah, but that's always like we, we love to say about um, upgrade. Mm -hmm. Like we want promotion. And for me, promotion is forward motion, but it also needs upwards motion. Mm -hmm. It's not the job title or a bigger paycheck. That's not promotion. No, it's that forward motion and including the upward motion. Yeah. But that means that you have become competent of your current stage. Yeah. And you start on the next stage of your journey. Mm -hmm. But the hard message is 
it was an invitation to the next level of incompetence. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, so the whole journey, the whole valley of tears, mm -hmm. it yeah. starts again. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and there's our beautiful, that, that's the beautiful S-curve instead of the bell curve um, with RISK. So we don't hit this crash zone, um, but we actually get, get, get to this place where now we take off again. Um, are we willing to humble ourselves to step into the next level of incompetence? Uh, and that, that takes humility. To, to recognize, hey, I was, I was a big fish in this little pond. Now I'm a little fish in a big pond again. Um, yeah. All right, well, here goes. Um, I've, I've got to learn all over again. Um, I thought I had mastery over here. Well, yeah, you did, but you didn't have mastery for this. It's time to step in and start well, to gain there, there you There it comes that statement of faith and data again. Mm -hmm. Like the data, the, the metrics of, like, yeah. how big is my span of control? Um how much influence do i have yeah what what is the um, the amount of money i can sign off for right it's all not relevant no it's not because the moment you get to the next level mm -hmm. you, you you will start comparing yourself to your old state and you start to glorify yeah your all your fully competent smaller version of yourself that's right and you start to romanticize something that actually will, will just be this this box that you've completely filled Mm -hmm. So now you're in a much bigger space, yeah, to grow, yeah, and maybe that means emotionally that you have to take a step back, mm -hmm. but it doesn't. It creates space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that that's good stuff. I I agree. We we need to create those opportunities to be able to grow into, and um, that, that's where we stay fresh. It's where we stay dependent. It's where we stay in miracle territory, and that's that's the place where we belong. And, um, it, you know, as I've shared many times in different forums and platforms, there's three things that I find that are happening simultaneously when I, and I, that I can point to and say, I know I'm in miracle territory. And the first one is that I have questions I have answers to. God is not just random. Uh, there's questions I have answers to. There's questions I don't have answers to. Um, that's, that's true enough. But then there's a third one, and that is there's questions I know I don't even know how to ask yet. And when all those three are happening at the same time, I know I'm right where he wants me to be. That that's miracle territory. I've got the I security. Sometimes, have, sometimes I have answers, and I don't know what the question is. Yet. <laughs> right now, we call that wisdom beyond your years. Uh, okay. Learning the answers to questions you don't know how to ask yet, and that's why journaling is so important because we have the answers, but the question hasn't. We haven't been put in the context yet for the question to hit the answer. Uh, when yeah, those two get together, boom, that's where we have it. It has to do with that recognizing the emerging future. And in that, those cases, you can't identify yet. Right. And in others, you can identify the scope mm -hmm. of change. And then I think just to, to wrap it up, mm -hmm. the strategy part um, depends on having the right angle to look at it. So it could mean a shift of perspective. Mm -hmm. And another word for shift of perspective is actually a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. Yep. which means an upgraded mindset. Mm -hmm. And I always compare a mindset to, to, to a grid of the old mailboxes, you know, in the businesses where you had a grid of, of, of little shelves. Yeah. And an upgrade of your mindset actually means that there is something outside the grid that becomes mm -hmm. the new part. So you go from a three by three to a four by four. Mm -hmm. That's quite a lot of extra mental that storage. That is. Um, and it's all about understanding comes somewhere down the process mm -hmm. 
but then in the strategy when you have your perspective right it is about and you have your uh your emerging future so your preferred perspective is there as well yeah you can slowly start to um use your your skills your in your your senses your spiritual mm -hmm. senses your your god given given insights to to see what would be the first step to take okay. yeah and you don't need to know the step beyond the step no that's because right it's like climbing a mountain because you want to go from one mountain village to the other one mm -hmm. First, you need to find out how do I get on top of the first mountain. On yep. top of the first mountain, then I start to think about how do I get to the other mountain. Before I see the other mountain, I'm not going to spend much time on. I don't need to know. I just need to know what the first step is. Yeah, that's and right. of course I have the the long perspective, the future perspective out there. So I take whatever I need with me. Yeah, but it will be like MacGyver. Mm -hmm. You have to invent things, which actually means develop competencies yeah. along the road. Yeah, yeah. To Back in the gap of impossible. Back in the eighties and nineties, a fellow by the name of Bill Eason coined the phrase "strategic mapping," and he said the, the day of the strategic plan is is long gone. He and this is going back then. He was saying this kind of stuff, and he said the the strategic map that is the era that we are we are in. Um, where we hoist sail, and he was using language of DNA and culture and things like that. But I, I still, I, I think that was one of the wisest insights. Um, he said because, he, and he was using then he was drawing some spiritual parallels as well. And, and he said because oftentimes that we've got our strategic plan in place, by the time it takes us to get it in place and pull the trigger, he said, Holy Spirit's moved on to this thing over here. We go, hang on, come back over here and bless this thing here. He's going, well, I, I told you to do that six, 12 months ago. Um, you didn't do it then. You took all this time to get it just right. Um, I'm over here doing this now. And, it's, and it was, for me, it was a really interesting shift that, okay, strategic mapping um is the way and, and taking just the step that's in front of you let's just take that step you know, and yeah. started with the, as i've said before seven thousand aussie dollars a, a laptop computer and 90 square feet of office space and and one person i was connected with and if i'd have known what it was going to i wouldn't have had the faith for it in that moment uh, but here we are now i think seven years down the track and yes it's been a coaching consulting um, business that's now been in over 20 countries but it's also now a publishing house it's also a microchurch movement, and now it's a media company. Um, I would never have known that right at the start, and, and it would have freaked me out if I'd have thought that. But I took one step in front of me and the next, and I hoisted a sail and said, all right, I'm in the boat. Blow, Holy Spirit, where you want me to go. Um, and, yeah, and, and that tells me that this is a process that you, that is, you do it in iterations. So, and it's the same with the steps. And, and, and I love that strategic mapping. So you create a map of the steps because you can make that upfront mm -hmm. when, you, when you know what you want to achieve in a year right. or two years ahead. I would never go longer to that one because there are too much things going to change because the future oh. is coming towards you. Right. And which means the biggest mistake in strategy, and that's why most businesses stop doing it, and why, why most non-profit never develop the competence, is what that upfront they define what actions to do right. in six months, twelve months time, 
And that's a waste of energy because an organization was like, let's say a year later, found out that they aligned everyone to do these new activities, new actions. So everyone expected them to do that, but yeah. they were no longer relevant or fit for the job. And then the horrible tension came. Do I have to say to my people that I made a mistake mm -hmm. and that we have to redo all the work? Or are we just going to do what we agreed on together to do because everyone is aligned, all budget is in place, all mm. tools arrived. Mm. And most people, most organizations did exactly that case. They yeah. started to do what they agreed to do. Yeah. And no one was happy, no one was satisfied, and yeah. no one understood. Yeah. They blamed it on strategy. Mm -hmm. I blame it on character. So the solution is make the map mm -hmm. out of your perspective. Yeah. Don't put your perspective in like three to five years. Strategies mm -hmm. for three to five years don't work. They never work. Make it to 12 months, 18 months. Yeah. Or in your personal life, 90 days. Right. And then define what the steps are. Mm -hmm. Make a map out of these steps to get from A to Z. Mm -hmm. And every time in the step, in the now, you define... Mm -hmm what resources you need, what yeah. actions you need, what skills you need to develop, and just do it. Yeah, and I, I would say on top of that, if if you've got a step that you believe you're meant to take and you haven't adjusted or changed something that gets you in alignment with that step within 24 hours, then you're never going to take that step. Um, scrap it, come up with another step for goodness sake because that one will only just be language that just you know never gets acted on. You got, As a leader, you've got 24 hours on a step. Um, to, to at least move something that's getting you towards taking it, if yeah. nothing else. Um, if it's not happening in 24, I call it the 24-hour rule. If it hasn't happened in 24 hours, then you're, not, you're never going to do it. Um, and the moment you step out of the boat, mm -hmm. keep your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Or in other words, keep your perspective. Hold on to your perspective because there will be 11 other screaming I don't know how to call them. I call them screaming pigs. That will really distract you. Right. And they stay behind in the boat. They're, they're the safe ones, staying safe. Yeah. So don't get confused. That the storm is out there. The unknown is horrible and unpredictable. That's yeah. not the case. Yeah. No, it's those that don't take the step that That's distract right. you by their opinion and yeah, get exactly. your eyes off your own perspective. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that have never struck the match. Oh, that will have, I'll have a Yeah. You as a leader have recognized the future. Mm -hmm. If they agreed on it during the identify, then you need to lead the way because they didn't see it. You yeah. saw it. Yeah. So don't get distracted mm -hmm. and don't fall in that strategic tra trap of this is what we agreed on. Just say like, I updated my perspectives. Sorry, guys, we need to refresh our perspective. We need yeah. to refresh our plan because we don't want to waste our time. Mm -hmm. Just be honest. That's right. Exactly. The older I get, the more honest I become. <laughs> Just... It's terrifying to have you as a grandfather. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, dear. Well, Mark, um, it will be not next month. It will be the end of this month. That's probably. right. So before the end of the year, we finished our talk about RISK. Yeah. And um, I think it's the 22nd. 
mm-hmm. we planned yeah, it. Right. So for all of you, like, like wait till the end because there is an there is a funny tweak for us leaders out there. Yeah. And you know what? I always repeat: everyone is a leader because all your decisions, or the decisions you postpone, or the decisions you don't make, mm-hmm. will influence your path, your strategy to the future, and those around you. So exactly right. say to yourself, I am a leader. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, the rest is, is very conceptual. That's right. Exactly. Good stuff, my friend. Always a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you on the 22nd. Let's do that. And for now, have a great day. Thanks. I think that's a good closure. God bless. Bye-bye.